Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Y'all, the time has come, and we got a heavy hitter today. <laughs> She's laughing, but she knows it. How did this take so long? I don't know. Danessa Myricks, the HBIC is here, and let me tell you, Damn it. <laughs> if, by the end of this conversation, y'all are going to be running to get her products if you haven't tried them yet. Mm-hmm. They are so, so gorgeous. Sarah and I love them, and Danessa's history with her career you're gonna love this woman if you don't already which i feel like everyone here is like i know everything about her we are obsessed with oh her. oh my god this, you guys are the sweetest ever seriously you're so fab thank you for coming on gloss angeles danessa we are such big fans of you and the ideology behind what you do is so important it's so different and as two longtime beauty journalists we're constantly seeing the same things over and over and over. And so when you launch things, we get excited. Yay. Because they're they're (laughs) not only useful, right? Like you're making them to serve a purpose. They're a solution for something, but they're also fun and exciting to use. And they're not just the same run-of-the-mill things over and over and over. So my face is hurting from smiling. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you so much. I read something that was like every makeup artist's favorite makeup artist. Yep. Is you. Oh, my God. That's amazing. That's amazing. Especially hearing like that about pros, because I do believe, you know, for sure, making products for everyone. But I very much am in love with and like work hard to earn the respect of the pro community. And so that makes me super, super excited. I want to talk about that because I think that's such an interesting point of view that, you know, there are makeup artist brands that were created by makeup artists. We're seeing more of them, which is so exciting. Yeah. But I'm curious if you think that every brand needs to be from the lens of a makeup artist, but we'll get into that later. Before we dive into that, (laughs) we want to know what's on your face. Clearly, (laughs) top to bottom, Danessa. The obvious is everything that you can physically see with your eyes, with the exception of my brows, is Danessa Myrick's Beauty. But these are for sure benefit brows. I use the Elemis skincare. I love it, especially the cleansing balm. I think it's beautiful. Okay, so for those that may not know, you're tied to Benefit. How long were you there again? I was at Benefit like four and a half, five years full time, and then one year as a consultant. Yeah. And you launched their brow collection. Yes. Probably one of the most exciting things that I've done in my career. Yeah. It was phenomenal. I really am grateful for that experience at Benefit because I learned a lot. I mean, obviously, Benefit is a powerhouse. You know, being there just really learned how to 
kind of lean into a global perspective on makeup and also like how to launch a product that's going to sell millions and millions of units. I I feel so lucky that I got to learn on the job, essentially. (laughs) So, yeah, what a blessing. I got to use what I know, my skill sets as an artist and as an innovator. But the context from a business perspective was just so different than anything that I've ever done before. So I would never erase that time. I learned so much there. I was telling Kirby before we hopped on this that I was looking through my phone and I have a photo of you from the Hello (laughs) Happy launch, which was in like 2018. Yes. Yes. Like I just like completely forgot that that was a part of your life because you've lived so many lives, Danessa. You've done so much. I'm, I'm an old one. (laughs) <laughs> no, I didn't say that to say that. I'm like, if you're old, tell me, I'm like, I've been, whatever you're doing, it's working. Like, trust me. Oh my God, you're the sweetest. The brow products. I mean, Sarah, you remember that launch. It was in Vegas. It was a whole spectacle. And I mean, like, I think benefit, like to your point about education, they really do want to educate the consumer on how to use these products. Like they're yeah. not messing around with that. So I feel like they do that really, really well in terms of education and really explaining like, this is why this product was made this way. This is what this is built for. This is maybe who it's not for. And honestly, we love Benefit. We love the Benefit family. But I think like Benefit is still just known for their brows. Like they like really own that market. So like that's obviously a testament to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about your upbringing. You grew up in New York, but you know, you've spent time obviously here in LA. Can you talk about like maybe the differences on how New Yorkers approach makeup versus Angelinos? Is it similar? Is it different? I've never heard Angelinos before in my life. So that's amazing. I've never heard that. I told you I'm old. (laughs) Kirby and our faces were like, I've literally never heard that. Um, But I love that. I'm going to say it forever now. We call our listeners Glamgelinos. Got it. Okay. It's interesting. It changes so much over time. I remember a time where people used to say East Coast people, they wear so much makeup. They're always in full glam. And then on the West Coast, it was always light and airy, barely there kind of makeup. And then it did a complete flip. I think. I think it went the opposite. I couldn't imagine like people on the West Coast being so glammed, but it's high glam on the West Coast right now from what I've experienced. We kind of flip-flop a lot. What I love about the makeup in New York is that New Yorkers, they're they're special people. It's like New Yorkers just do what they want to do. They have this energy that they could care less what's happening around them. They're going to do what they feel. So it's just so eclectic. The energy around beauty has always been so individual. And of course you have those overarching trends, but people make statements with their beauty here, which is, I love it. I love it so much. Okay. As I mentioned, Anessa, you have lived many lives. In addition to working at Benefit, you worked in sales and marketing at a publisher which is so crazy. Can you tell us about that experience and how that informed you on how to market your own brand? 
Yeah, I think it's very interesting. Where I worked was a publishing company. It was called New Image Media. And essentially, it was a Black-founded business. And they published hair care magazines, like beauty magazines. So a whole series of salon magazines. And essentially, I would sell hairstylists on being featured in the magazines and help coordinate photo shoots for that and write a lot of the stories. And it's really where I got my feet wet in beauty, per se. It started in hair. And that's why so much of my career and so many people know me in the hair space. I used to be at the Bronner Brothers hair show and like all the hair shows. Like I didn't even know that there was this whole landscape of makeup. I was very hair focused. But I think what I learned is how powerful community is and how grassroots efforts should be prioritized always because I watched this publishing company like it was literally from door to door, from salon to salon, like build this mega business and the relationships that were developed during that time. And so for me in my brand, it pretty much evolved the same way, very much grassroots. Like there are people who know, I just had somebody reach out to me and was like, I have the very first product you ever made in my hand and I'm saving it. Or the first book you ever wrote, or, you know, I went to your first class, like, I think there's so much value in growing your audience in that way, being super hyper connected to the people who you are looking to serve. And that's really what I learned there because they stay with you. If you're offering something as a value, if you're highlighting them, paying attention to them, they're going to always stay there and be there with you. And that's really the biggest lesson that I learned during my time there. Okay, so, but you were also writing articles. So you also were a journalist, a beauty writer. I'm a single mom of two who needed to do whatever she needed to do to feed children. So if there's something I didn't know, I learned. And let me tell you, you guys are real journalists. You probably could write articles like in a second off the dome. But this is like me researching for hours. Like it would take me days to do probably what you did in in minutes. But yeah, I just felt like I wanted to make myself available in any capacity so that I can show that I was of value. And that's just what I've always done. So yes, that was one of the things. And it was one of the things that helped me build my career as a makeup artist as well, because I would pair doing the makeup with, I'll write the story too. And that gave me an opportunity to be featured very early on in publications. Okay. So how much of it though, is making yourself more of an asset or really just wanting to be able to do everything because you want to know how to do it. Because for me, I'm kind of (laughs) like, I just want to do it all. Like, I just want to figure it out myself. I feel like I'm capable. I can make it happen. I'm all right. You got me. I'm a Virgo. (laughs) We're very like very much like I'm going to do everything. I'm (laughs) going to do everything alone. I'm going to be the best at it. Like, yes. Happy Virgo season. Thank you. When's your birthday? (laughs) September 19th. Oh, my God. That's the day after Zoe. The day after Zoe's. No way. See, I knew we were connected. That high ponytail, my mohawk, <laughs> we're one. And Kirby and I are both Capricorns, Capricorns and Virgos. Virgos get along very well. One of the greatest loves of my life was a Capricorn. So there we go. <laughs> oh, I love this. Yes, yes. So, Danessa, what would you say your big break was when it came to your brand? Like, obviously, you worked at Benefit. I believe you worked at Kiss for a while. I was a consultant for KISS for many, many, many years. Yeah. Okay, great. And then 
you did the publishing thing. Like you have all these things that meld together to bring you to your eponymous brand. What was your big break when it comes to like launching that brand and getting the brand seen? Hmm. I'm trying to think from a brand perspective. I would say the way that I was able to build the brand is through education. I think if I hadn't lean into teaching early on in my career, the brand wouldn't be what it is today because I had the blessing of being invited to many countries to speak, to do masterclasses. My first masterclass was in Vladivostok, Russia, and I've been in every continent multiple times. And I think, you know, when you do a demonstration and people have an affinity for your aesthetic, they want to know exactly what you use. And luckily I was using all Danessa Myrick's beauty. And so we were able to build like this whole global landscape of the brand very early on just through my artistry and education. So like um, before we were ever in a Sephora or anything else, we were in pro retailers all over the world. So that's really what got the brand really started. Danessa, what would you say your aesthetic is if you were telling someone who couldn't see you and has never seen your product or brand before? I would say beautiful skin plus. Ooh, yes. <laughs> oh. right. You know, a lot of people know me for like a chrome flake or the vivid color of color figs or our light work palettes because newly being introduced to the brand, that's what you've seen of late. But I've always been super obsessed with skin. And actually, when the first product that we launched outside of our lashes was very skin focused. It was the Enlight powders, the Enlight highlighter powders. And that really came from me just wanting to be able to showcase glowy skin without using tons of powder. And at that time I had, speaking of benefit, I had just come back from San Francisco, back into the world of makeup. This was like 2015. And I'm essentially starting all over. And I was like, I want to get out there and like show people that I can still do makeup but I hadn't been doing makeup every day. And when you know, when you don't do makeup every day, things change. <laughs> so in an effort to just like review my work and make sure that it's still palatable and still of the level that people were used to, I got a camera and emptied out my son's room and just started doing makeup and photographing it because I wanted to see what the photographers were going to see. And in that, I fell in love with this whole idea of connecting the dots of these two things together. And I really started to see skin differently. I was like, up until then, I was using lots of powder. I think powder was an industry standard, like lots of powder to do everything. And you can get really beautiful dimension of skin using it, but it just didn't look like skin. And also there weren't a lot of, especially for women of color, showing dewy skin, glowing skin. And so when I would try and recreate this look or try and get this glowing skin going, the highlighters that were available always had a white cast or you saw it on the skin. The products really came out of a need of something that I saw was missing. So the Enlight powders were the first thing. And I mixed every single one of those colors myself in the basement. And that's what really kicked it off. And I was showing lots of radiant glowing skin. And that's really what like started this whole trajectory of Danessa Marks and skin. And that's really what started me traveling all over the world, this whole idea of the glowing skin. I'm obsessed with skin, but I also am just very much obsessed with texture and just really finding different ways to play with color and texture. So that's why I say beautiful skin plus yummy skin plus. <laughs> Do you have that trademarked? Because you should. 
No, I'll work on it. It's happening <laughs> now. It. Yeah. <laughs> we want to talk more about the skin, but before we jump into that, we have to also talk about your instructional DVDs oh from gosh. the past. <laughs> Which incredible. They date me, I know. <laughs> no, no, but you were so smart to do it. Obviously, everyone is doing it now on TikTok. Are you seeing like a lot of crossover from how you approached makeup back then and how people are approaching teaching makeup now? Or is it completely different? Yeah, it's a great question. I think I've always approached makeup very systematically. There are some fundamentals in beauty that we can't change, but everything else is open to interpretation. And that's how I've always taught. Like, we know lighter brings things forward, deeper brings things back. Like, everybody knows those things. Um, it's like gravity. But it's like, how do you use these core concepts? And so what we see illustrated like through all the individuality with artistry and everything that's happening on TikTok, it's just people's interpretation of it or their way of explaining it in their own voice, right? So none of these trends are new. They're all fundamental concepts in beauty. But if you want to call it latte and that's really monochromatic, if you want to call it a strawberry, like whatever you want to call it, if you want to say that this is a concealer hack, whatever it is, that's great. Whatever makes it more palatable for you and your audience to understand, but they're all based on fundamental concepts. So I feel like it's the same, but just lots of different voices behind it. Lots of different interpretations of just core concepts. I was literally just talking to someone about this, how I feel like everyone is relearning. Well, a lot of people are relearning, you know, through TikTok, like basics of makeup, but then there's also like the younger generation who are learning these things for the first time. So yeah. yeah, those names do make it fun. And then there's like, you know, like the, what is it Kirby on TikTok? It's like 242, where it's like, you use two products here, four products here, two products here, whatever. It's like, yeah, you look at it and you're like, okay, I actually want to try that. So it makes it like really fun and approachable. But then sometimes Kirby and I are like, tomato girl makeup and strawberry girl, what's the difference? Right. It doesn't always fit every face. Right. That too. Yeah. You know, but what I do love about it is that it's allowing people to have fun with makeup, to really enjoy makeup in a different way. I mean, for me, I love seeing people explore. And if that's helping them to explore, then so be it. There was a video that I saw last night, actually, that made me literally laugh out loud because she was like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Oh, latte makeup? You mean a brown smoky eye? Okay, great. Like, <laughs> it's like so funny to see how these are repackaged. Like, we talk about this a lot. The shag haircut has now become like the wolf cut. Vera Fawcett yes. curls are now the butterfly <laughs> cut. Like, all of these things. But to your point, it's educating people on how to do their makeup. And it's really no different than how I remember when I was little and my mom would buy these Lauren Hutton palettes. Do you remember these, Danessa? They yes. were circular and it basically was like, you do this here and then you do this here. And I remember yep. being like, oh, when I wear makeup, I'm going to use, you know, kind of paint by numbers and figure it out. Very much so. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like the three of us were pretty intuitive when it comes to our skin and our makeup and our hair. Like, I know I can wash my hair three times a week and be fine. I know like one night I can do retinol. The next night I can do an exfoliator and be right. fine. But a lot of people don't have that intuition. They don't. So they're leaning on places like 100%. TikTok for that education. Yeah. So sometimes we like to like, you know, laugh about it, but it really is helping to educate people on on maybe different ways to do their makeup. 
A hundred percent. Or just give them the opportunity to just try things that they've never tried before. So. So glad you brought up how important skin is to you. It seems that, you know, like I I wrote this in the question, it seems that's actually your approach to beauty. Skin is number one. And it's (laughs) it's great. Love that I made that indication. (laughs) But what is the key to making imperfect skin look good? And I hate to even say good because it's like, I feel all skin is beautiful. And it doesn't matter if you have a blemish, doesn't matter if you have a scar, like a whatever on my face, everybody has pores. But at the end of the day, I think people are looking for ways to improve on their final look. For sure. So what's the key to making a complexion product that really does make your skin look better without, you know, putting maybe too much on or concealing Mm -hmm. too much? I mean, that's a big question. I think there's so many different ways to look at it. I mean, because everybody has an idea in their mind of what they want their skin to look like, right? And so I think the first thing is just understanding that it's not cookie cutter at all. Mm. Right. And so there's there's levels to it. So there's ways to approach skin looking beautiful to your taste with full coverage or medium coverage with no coverage. And to your point, not everybody wants to cover acne or not everybody is as obsessed about making their under eyes disappear. Right. Some people just want it to be a hint better. So I think it's about just meeting people where they're at and making sure that there's clarity in the offerings. Like, because I can give you a million different ways to make skin matte, but do you want matte full coverage? Do you want to look matte and look like you have no makeup? Like there's so many things. I think the thing that's been consistent for me is that I think skin always has to stay dimensional because when it's flat, then you know it's not real because none of our faces are flat, right? Mm. And so I'm always leaning into ways to keep the dimension in the skin. So sometimes you do that with color and other times you do it with texture and then other times you're going to do a combination of the both. And I think regardless of what level of coverage, that's always been consistent for me, like dimensional skin. And dimensional skin is going to be approached differently for somebody with a deeper skin tone than somebody with a fairer skin tone. You know, for a fairer skin tone, I may lean into just texture, like a few highlights, and then it's there. With a deeper skin tone, have other considerations because we're never one shade, right? So there's so many different ways to approach it, but I think keeping the skin lively and dimensional is a a good place to start. Okay. So before you started your brand, you'd said that you felt there were so many limitations with beauty. Mm -hmm. I think we've all worked in the industry for long enough to know that in the last, I feel like five, 10 years, there's been a lot of innovations, a lot of changes going in the right direction, but obviously there are still limitations. There are still limits that exist. What do you think those are? And how do you think we could change those? <laughs> That's also another big question, Vanessa. Yeah, no, I mean, for me, when I think about what limitations exist, to your point, I only focus on the things that I can control, right? I can't control what other founders do, what other brands do, what other messaging they have. I can only like lean into my truth and the things that I can control. For me, limitations really are these rules, and which is why I love the landscape right now because people are very open to throwing rules out of the window. I think the limitations are set by products often. Like this is an eyeliner. This is a lipstick. You have to buy a separate eyeliner than a separate lipstick. You have to buy a separate blush and a separate... So that is limiting in that there's all these metrics that are assigned to these things, lipstick, lip gloss, what have you. And if you're looking to innovate and change conversation in beauty, it's really hard because you're always going against history 
right? And so sometimes you'll make something new, but there's no place for it because there's no category for it, right? And I think when it comes to innovation, I see limits that the industry has set for products because there are only but so many boxes, right? So it's nice to see that that's changing and that the conversations are changing so that customers know that multi-use is a real thing. And any pro that's listening to this knows how multifunctional their kit is, right? And it's not as consumer friendly to have that conversation. But because it's the way I approach artistry, because it's the way I started in makeup, like melting down pencils and crayons and putting them all over the face. It's literally all I know. So I just need the world to come meet me where I am. And so <laughs> that's, that's you know, how I like to develop. And I think um, customers really enjoy that value proposition, right? And to your earlier point, just linking education to that. The other limitations that I would say are, you know, there's just tons of limitations in terms of retail space, limitations in terms of opportunity for for brands to actually launch in niche categories, you know, because this is um, the industry as a whole is it's I don't want to say it's hard, but it's hard <laughs> to navigate in it and to really play in it. But at the same time. I do feel that there are no limits because there are so many opportunities that are absolutely free to each and every one of us to use as a a resource or a tool to bring a product to life or bring an idea to life, like TikTok, like the social media landscape. Like my brand wouldn't be what it is today without the conversations that happen through social, right? So I think for every, you know, limitation I might see, there is still so much more opportunity on the other side. So to answer your question, wow, how do I answer that question in a word? We're throwing the hard ones at you. (laughs) Yeah, there are limitations, but we can get past them. And I think we're doing that. We're demonstrating that like through our brand, through other brands, through changes that are happening in retail spaces. For sure, there's a lot of work to do, but it can be done. Okay. So you have this new palette that just launched the groundwork palette. Yes. Multi-use, multifunctional, different textures in there, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it makes me think when you're talking about how really the basis of some of these limits comes to education and like how Mm -hmm. much the consumer is willing to educate themselves on using the product and whether a retailer or the industry at large feels no one's gonna take the time to figure that out. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Maybe groundwork wouldn't be here today if you tried to launch it five years ago. A hundred percent. Yes, I 100% agree. They weren't ready for it. And then there wasn't enough. um, I mean, you need the space to be able to communicate it, right? You need a platform. Yep. And I think, you know, as challenging as a pandemic was for all of us, I think it gave beauty a really big boost because people took the time to like learn new things. And then they were like, wait, that wasn't as hard as I thought it was. So let me learn something else. And let me learn something else. And I think just the community at large is just so much more open to change, to newness, new ideas, new approaches. So I think you're absolutely right. Like the landscape is very different and it's like wide open space for innovation. I'm going to ask you this, and this is kind of like a a real one, because <laughs> I don't think people like to talk about like failures or like things that didn't work out. Right. But mm-hmm. 
just knowing you and your persona and like the light that you give people, I feel like you think anything that hasn't gone in your favor in the past was meant to benefit you in the future. Yeah, I learned from it for sure. So were there any products that you wanted to create? It doesn't matter if it was with your own brand or not, that just truly maybe were they were before their time or they did not work at all. I think that's interesting. There are things that I've been wanting to launch for a long time, but I haven't because I, I haven't put the pieces together. Like mm-hmm. maybe I have this big idea, but there are not ingredients to support it. So I will say out loud to everyone who's listening, I fail more than I win for sure. Like our number one product still to today, Colorpix. If there's anybody who's been following the journey of Colorpix from the beginning, you've seen me fail on repeat. Colorpix didn't look like how it looks today. It didn't come in a component that it isn't today. There were so many iterations of the packaging, but the formula people were so in love with, they kind of like, they rode the wave with me, but there were lots of failures on that journey. And I've learned from them all. So yes, I have a room full of failures (laughs) and we can have a whole podcast around failures, but I love it. And I think the things that didn't come to life at the time that they were supposed to come to life, that happened for a reason because there was something new that was on the horizon. A good example of that would be the Blurring Bomb Powder because I had so many ideas around what that product would be. And it was really based on just, you know, something that I'm sure a lot of artists do, but I've done since early on in my career using powder to prime the face. And so Everyone was always concerned about how long their makeup was going to last, from brides to celebs on a red carpet, whatever. And so I used to take powder that blurs and apply it with a damp sponge in multiple colors and almost do someone's entire face with powder and then apply foundation and everything else. And it would last forever and it would look so like filtered. It would be beautiful. But I wanted to find a way to be able to do that in a more modern way. And I wanted to do it in a way that felt easy. Because like pros can navigate that, but the average person, it's a little tricky because there's so many variables. And so I worked on bomb powder for a while, but it wasn't coming together quite as what I wanted it to be. And during the pandemic, I was introduced to an ingredient, Upsolite, that really kicked it up to what it was really supposed to be. It's like 10 times better than what I could have even imagined because I learned about this ingredient. So to your point, if I would have launched that a year before or two years before, it wouldn't have been the success that it is right now. It wouldn't have been as powerful. It wouldn't have been as efficacious. You know, so everything happens in its time. So what would you say is the hardest product you've ever had to develop? Like what took you the longest? Was it Color Fix? Was it the Blurring Bomb? I would say for sure, Blurring Bomb Powder had the most iterations. Color Fix, like I learned on the job. So (laughs) if I counted all the failures, yes. (laughs) For Bomb Powder, we waited to get it right before we launched. (laughs) But I love that. I really love that because there might be somebody listening. doesn't matter if they're a makeup artist or not, but maybe they have something that they know is good and it's not working for some reason, but you got it to the point that it needs to be and it's a beloved product. And the Blurring Balm Powder, like you said, if you had launched it anytime earlier, maybe it would have been fine, but then you would have to reformulate it and then it would be a whole thing. And And it would have just been fine. Yes. And I don't want to just make things that are just fine, right? My biggest fear is making something that's just fine to me. (laughs) That's a high standard. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I understand 
what my presence in the industry means and can mean for other people in the future, right? So I have the opportunity to have this platform, to be in this space, to be in Sephora, to do all of these things. I want to make a statement, right? Because I know historically, even if I just tell my own story, how difficult it was for me and my journey as a brand founder, being a woman, then being a Black woman, right? And all of the things that come with it. And so I know that if I have this opportunity right now to show up in this space, I want to show up big. I want people to say, oh, I bet on a woman. I bet on a Black woman. I bet on a Black-founded brand. And great things were the result of it. So when the next person comes knocking on the door, people pay attention because I have many years of people just not giving a damn, to be quite honest, right? And so I don't want to waste my space and I don't want to waste anybody else's time. And I, I really, really do feel very connected to changing conversations and beauty, moving the industry forward, allowing for different conversations, mixing it up making it feel more fun, more creative, like all of those things. And innovation is a big part of that. Okay. I just need to like ask this. I know that a lot of moms hate answering it, but I'm truly just blown away the fact that you were a single mom doing all of this. I I think about single moms all the time, especially now that I'm a mom of two and how I don't know what I would do. How were you able to do all of this? I mean, it's very tricky. I mean, when I first started doing makeup, I had a newborn and a seven-year-old and it was very, very tricky. But I think, I think it's like with anything. I mean, women know in general that, you know, we're always reprioritizing, reshifting, refocusing. But I also do think the people who are challenged the most always win the biggest because there's a certain fortitude and the stamina that you build in the process. I mean, for any single moms that are listening, I have to tell you that I do see you. I understand how you feel. And there's for sure sacrifices. And I wouldn't say sacrifices. I would just say choices that aren't easy, that have to be made continuously on a day-to-day basis in order to move things forward. But we can do it. <laughs> we've, we've done it. We continue to do it. We can do it. They must be just so incredibly proud of you. Ah, oh, they can care less. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they probably are. You know, our kids, you will learn that your kids really are usually not so impressed. <laughs> How could they not be? You're like the coolest person. No, they're, oh they're my super God. proud of me. They really are. And, you know, both of my children want to be entrepreneurs. So it's kind of hard now because now they're like, job schmob. I want to be an entrepreneur. And I'm like, I worked jobs first. (laughs) Do either of them want to go into beauty? No, I wish they did. I wish they did because to be quite honest, I was building this for them. But no matter what, I think, you know, for sure, I want Tenessa Marks Beauty to be a legacy brand. I want us to stay around forever, which is one of the other reasons why I just pay very close attention to everything that we make to make sure it's something that can live for a really, really, really long time and be special for a really long time. And maybe my kids might change their mind eventually. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) They better. Okay, we talked about limitations, but... Let's talk about other problems again. We're hitting you with like, we're literally hitting you with like such hard questions. Kirby really wanted to uh, make you think. I want your opinions on these things. <laughs> I don't care about anybody else. I just want Vanessa. <laughs> but you're also your answers are so thoughtful. So obviously the beauty industry is not perfect. But what do you think remains like the biggest problem 
in the industry at the moment? What do you think needs to be changed? I think the biggest thing for me is it is changing slowly and eventually the landscape will look very different. I just think hearing all the voices, recognizing all the faces that exist in this the space. And, you know, I think out of anything, if I think it just about my journey as a woman, as a black woman, you know, how painful it was for me when I didn't see myself, when people weren't speaking directly to me. And there's something that changes in you and for you when you can see yourself, when you know that you're being accounted for. Right. And so I think the most important thing is to continue to to move that conversation about like who it is that actually consumes beauty. It really is everyone, whether you like the everyone or parts of the everyone, it is everyone. And I would love to see like more of that coming to the forefront. And it's not even just about shades. There's so much more. There's so many different energies in the beauty space, um, perspectives, and I feel like they all should be respected. But again, I always take it back to it's, it's not my job to tell somebody else what to do. I'm going to be the change I want to see in the world. So I'm going to just take it, whatever I can control, I'm going to use my platform and my voice to help create the change. But I mean, for me, that's the biggest thing. All right. So as an artist, I'm sure that you don't, literally, you just said this, like you want to be a legacy brand. You want to make products that aren't just a flash in the pan. You don't want to make fine products. So I can't imagine that you're like really a trend follower, um, which is so funny because every artist that Sarah and I interview would say that I don't follow trends, but unfortunately working in publishing and being writers, we know what gets clicks on things is like, the wolf haircut or the strawberry girl makeup. That's actually what the consumer (laughs) is looking for, unfortunately. So all that to say, I'm going to make you tell us what you think is going to happen (laughs) trend-wise. Sorry. What do you think we're going to see more of in the next year trend-wise? No, I love that question. You know, what's been beautiful for me to see is that people are really falling in love with their skin, whatever that means for them. Right. And so I love seeing these trends that are very skin forward. I think it's really beautiful. So I think there's going to continue to be more of that. I also feel like people are getting more confident with color. Right. So metallics are like neutrals right now. People aren't as afraid of them as they used to be. So I really do see a trend of people being more expressive with their makeup at every age. So mature women not shying away from using metallics or playing with color. And I really do feel that there's going to be more and more of that. So you have the Groundwork palette. You've announced it on social media. Tell everybody about this palette. I am so excited to get my hands on it. I'm so excited about this palette too. And honestly, I was kind of scared. I'm going to be, if I'm going to be totally honest, to launch it because it is very, very different. It's called Groundwork Palette for a lot of reasons. We launched in Sephora. Things have been moving super fast. Being in the beauty space, as you know, new products launch like every three seconds. And you kind of get lost in like the what do I do next vibe. And, you know, we're always trying to be super innovative and super creative here with color and like fun stuff. But I personally needed to be grounded as an artist because to your point, you have trends spiraling around your head and there's so much to look at. I needed to ground myself and go back to the very beginning. 
And I really went back to like the roots of my artistry and like thinking about my pro artist community and how we approach makeup, how we approach color and texture. And those roots go back to how we are pairing creams and powders together. Like even in all the TikTok trends, you'll see, I'm going to use a pencil to make my shape and then I'm going to blend it out and then I'm going to add my powders. It's like, that's where it all began. You go back as far as whomever you could, the first makeup artist you can remember, and they're always managing those two textures. So I knew I wanted to go back to the core of that. And I also thought about like that creamy base We use it in our brow, but it's very different than what we use on our eye. Mm. It's very different than what we use to line with. And then the the creamy texture that we use for our face is very different than what we use to line our lip. And I was like, wow, the innovation would be to make something that works everywhere at the same level. And that's really where the work came in, is creating this texture that we can use to ground all of our daily rituals. We're not leaving the house without doing our brows. Like... I don't know anybody who's not smudging on a liner or throwing on some mascara or or shaping their eye in some way, sculpting their face in a way, throwing on a blush or doing something with their lip. So the the whole concept behind this palette is all of those daily grounding rituals, being able to do it in one place with a texture that can ground every feature. And that would be those velvet pomades. And it's nothing that exists. So I, people keep asking me, what does it feel like? I was like, I can't tell you because it, it's new. It doesn't exist anywhere. It literally is, if you can imagine having a velvet fabric in your hand, but thinking of a pomade at the same time, and then the finish that you would get from a matte shadow. It's that all in one. And you can use it with your finger or a fluffy brush to create really beautiful shape and dimension on the face. And then the powders, you know, we really had the opportunity as a brand to play with Upsolite as an ingredient and understand how powerful it is for oil absorption, for smoothing, for texture reduction. And so instead of just putting a traditional shadow there, it's an Upsolite infused shadow or powder, the shape and fix powder that you can use to shape and fix anything on the face, all over the face. And the two of them together are just magic together, but they also work beautifully alone. And then when we thought about the shade story, I'm like, what are the shades that people need just at a core? And I thought about every single brow color that exists, you know, my, my legacy of brows. I'm like, I want somebody who's a redhead to be able to do their brows. Somebody who has grays that can cover those grays and get a beautiful brow and everything in between. I wanted those colors to represent the tones that you need to shape and sculpt regardless of your skin tone. So we have warm, neutral, and cool tones in the palette, and they go in depth from light to dark. So I really wanted somebody to look at it and imagine the hundreds of ways that they can use the palette. And that's essentially what the Groundwork palette is. It's like a one and done. And I wanted to make sure that it was pro-friendly. So all of the powders and the pomades pop right out. It's a magnetic palette. So you can create your own palette with it or add it to something that you already carry around. So I wanted to make it super pro-efficient, but also the average person who doesn't know anything about makeup can see themselves living and breathing in this palette forever and ever. I wanted it to be super useful for everyone. And that's where it comes from. I feel like I I really need to touch and feel it because it's like, you know, looking at the photo, Kirby, right? It looks just like it's like a powder. Like it looks just like two powders. 
when you touch it, you'll feel that velvet pomade vibe. <laughs> yeah. And I was looking online and I saw like the first thing that comes up is this. It's a blog and it says that it's an eyeshadow palette. And I was like, I don't think that's the messaging that's going behind this palette, boo. But no, it for sure. And that's why it was so important for us to put right on the palette. You say for eyes, brows, face and lip like it's on the metal plate on the top. Because at first glance, I mean, traditionally, when you see a palette like that, I mean, that's what you think. It's a shadow palette. Right. But we wanted it to be that plus more. And that's essentially what it is. What if I fall in love with one shade of the pomade Mm -hmm. and use it all by the time you get to the bottom of that which will be a very long time i'll have something else for you (laughs) Mm -mm -mm. i'll have your solution i was fishing for that i knew don't you worry (laughs) i was fishing i was just thinking that like what happens but i love that that they're magnetic and you can take them out and put them in your own little z Mm -hmm. palette or whatever you want to put them in yeah love it but also the shades are just like I will never travel without it. Yeah, like it's just so perfect. No, we're going to eat it up. That's Cannot my wait. prayer is that everyone feels the same way. Oh, they will. Trust. I'm so <laughs> excited to get this on my face, Danessa. I'm so excited that it's coming out into the world, honestly. And this is the first time for us that we have a palette in particular that's going to be available in every Sephora door in the U.S. and Canada. It's never happened to us before. So it's the first time that like any Sephora you walk into, you get a chance to experience our brand. It's a really big deal for a brand like our size that's growing, new and growing. So I'm beyond excited. Congrats. That's so amazing. Yeah. So honored to have you on this pod. We've been like gunning to have you on. Oh my God. Are you kidding? I'm so honored to be here. Like, I feel like you're my people. <laughs> you are our people. We we are your people. We're like your little fangirls. So tell everybody, where can they find you to get more education on you and your brand? Okay. So my Instagram is Danessa underscore Myricks and the brand page is Danessa Myricks Beauty. And one of the things that we're known for is our Teach Me Tuesdays. So if you're new to the brand and you just want straight just education on our products and the techniques every Tuesday at four o'clock on my Instagram page, we do a one hour step-by-step live and we do it on TikTok and on IG now. So that's a constant We also have Danessa Marks University where you can sign up for free. We have like tens of thousands of people. We just go on there for free education at any day of the week and we're constantly updating it. So that's a resource for um, you guys as well. All right, that's it. Thank you everyone for listening. We will be back on Tuesday with the week's most buzzy beauty news. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts. I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.